0: Good morning everyone, it is Friday the 5th of August. Good morning, Henry. You're on Overnight for us.
1: What have you got? Good morning, Ben. Thanks very much for that. Yes, Overnight, a bit of a mild session on Wall Street results very much in focus. There was a few economic things out as well, which pointed to maybe a slight slowdown in the US economy. But the big job number is tonight. For those playing at home, 250,000 is the number you should be focusing on in terms of new jobs. For the day, the Dow closed down 86 points, but the range was pathetic. Only 180 point range and the Dow and NASDAQ up 0.4 and the S&P pretty much unchanged. Oil fell last night, global recession fears. But well, we did see a bit of a pop in the gold price with the gold price up $30.50 or 1.7%. So that was some good news. And we are seeing that translate into moves in the gold stocks here. Iron ore easier, generally pretty quiet, waiting for the jobs number as results continue to dominate in the US. Block was one that came out after hours and was down around 6 or 7% on the news. A little disappointing. Very nice.
0: Thank you, Henry. Tom, what have we got happening locally?
2: Good morning, Ben. Well, our market having a good end to the week, up 12 points. Miners and consumer discretionary names are outperforming. As Henry said, energy stocks are suffering as oil dips below $90 a barrel. US Woodside and Beach Energy both off around 2%. Tech stocks lower, weighed down by those block results, block down 7%. In early trade, they reported weaker than expected gross payment volumes, gross profit in line with estimates. But even after the fall, the stock is still up around. 9% in the last five days. So it has been rallying into results and come off a bit on the day. Core Lithium up slightly. They have a new CEO. Gold stocks bid higher on the back of a better gold price. Northern Star up around 4%. The Reserve Bank has its statement on monetary policy out today. We get some new forecasts. If you remember on Tuesday, the RBA upgraded its inflation expectations, likely to hit 7.75% in December. That was up from 6%. And as Henry said, jobs numbers out in the US tonight. Unemployment expected to remain steady at 3.6%. And we could see more of that bad news is good news narrative for the market, Ben.
0: Good stuff. Thank you, Tom. Layden, anything interesting happening with the brokers today?
3: Thank you, Ben. I've got on that gold story, UBS has actually downgraded its gold price forecast for the next few years by around 3 to 5%. And that's led to some earnings downgrades for the gold stocks that they cover. And I've got Evolution Mining was downgraded to a neutral and the target price comes down to $2.80, which is about 5% above the current market price. They've actually retained buy recommendations for Gold Road Resources, Northern Star Resources and SSR Mining. And the target prices have all come down slightly, but they're still around 25% above the current share prices for Gold Road and Northern Star and about 15% above for SSR Mining. And I've got Credit Suisse has upgraded Centuria Industrial REIT. I know we were talking about REITs a couple of days ago and the idea (coughs) sections. They've upgraded to an outperform following the FY22 results, which are in line with expectations. But FY23 guidance was downgraded due to higher debt cost assumptions. But Credit Suisse says that this is already priced into the stock and it's currently trading at around a 30% discount to the NTA. You didn't mention the code for Centuria, CIP. Yeah. And the target price for Centuria comes down a bit to $3.42, but that's still 25% above the current share price. And one more there's a bit of commentary out from UBS on Qantas. The broker notes that the share price has fallen 20% from recent peaks on recession fears, but expects a soft landing scenario and sees compassion value in the stock now. The buy recommendation and target price of $6.55 are retained, which implies a 44% upside, and that reflects increased earnings potential compared to pre-COVID. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Leighton. Uh, we've
0: got back to Tom just for a moment. What have we got on the calendar? So yeah, I forgot to
2: signpost what's happening next week. Quite week ahead locally on the economic front, but we do have results filtering in Commonwealth Bank, Telstra, REA Group, and Suncorp the biggest results on the docket. US and China have inflation data on Wednesday and the UK has a GDP number on Friday. Nothing from the RBA next
0: week. We've got a couple of ideas in the ideas section today. I'm having a look at Woolworths, WOW ahead of results. They are, of course, the all-weather retailer, the strings to pull to combat inflation and economic downturn. Their biggest issue might be trying to repeat the COVID overspending numbers of the last 12 to 24 months. But a lot of analysts say the economic downturn that's coming is priced in already. As I said, they've got the strings to pull, combat cost pressures and inflation. So they're fairly well placed looking out for the impacts of ongoing costs from COVID, effects of inflation and wage costs as well in their results. And Tom, you're going to have CSL in very shortly as well. Henry, back to you.
1: What have you got in Henry's take for us today? Thanks, Ben. A few things happening in Henry's take. Did a few little bits and bobs yesterday in the small cap portfolio, added Tyro and also added some AT tech to the, the NEAT ETF portfolio for technology exposure. But also today talking about, um, I guess, inflationary pressures coming off, especially in the US where the petrol prices dropped from uh, 5 bucks a gallon US to $4.14. That does take a little bit of pressure off things. And uh, looking at what oil stocks to buy when we do see the oil price bottom, Santos is on my radar as a big one and M-A-Y, which is Melbourne energy, which is currently drilling in Cuba at the moment, which looks quite interesting has a 30% stake in the block. They're drilling. They're down to around 2000 meters at the moment. They've got a little bit further to go before they hit the target zone. That is a speculative buy. Also yesterday, I did the call with Mark Gardner. We ran through 10 stocks. So I've done a a little pricey in the newsletter today rather than having to sit through the hour of Mark and I talking rubbish. You can just uh, look and see what stocks we talked about and what we thought about them in a nice, easy update. And Karoon, which I recommended at $1.45 and uh, wrote this morning about taking profits in that one on the back of the oil price fall. And that's been a nice little winner for uh, those that uh, were partaking in that. And that's, that's really about it from me today. Thank you, Henry. Good stuff as always. Just to mention, just sorry, before I go, I know I'm a bit dull and boring with the whole lithium story, but all the lithium stocks have bounced amazingly. You know, you look at something like Core Lithium, which I own, PA, got down to 85 cents. They're now $1. twenty-five and going. Same with Pilbara, same with Liontown, all massive, massive bounces. What was interesting yesterday was the ABS released the balance of payments numbers, and there was a big, big section, and I've written it up today in the newsletter, on the lithium concentrate exports, which reached a record high. Now, if you ever thought that we weren't going to be a big player in the whole lithium game, think again, because we are going to be the big gorilla on the block as far as lithium production goes. And the comment from the new CEO of Pilbara at the Diggers and Dealers, I think, uh, says it all. He says, this is Dale Henderson, the new CEO at uh, Pilbara, said, the appetite is insatiable. I love an insatiable appetite and uh, still remain a bull of all the lithium stocks.
0: Very nice, Henry. Nothing boring about making
4: money. And nope. Henry, Ioneer, have you got a view on that at the moment?
1: Yeah, long it, love it. They just rang the bell in New York. Uh, they've now got a, a listing in New York, Carrie Stevenson. And my old friend, who's a gold bug and lovely lady, she was part of the entourage that rang the bell in ear Real Light Ridge is their project in Nevada, and it's good that it's close to home, strategic, and it will quadruple US production if they get it up and running. Do have some environmental issues with Teams Buckwheat, which is a bit of an issue for them, but uh, they will work through that. Bernard Rowe is the guy, and we have had him on the couch, and the stock continues to push away above its lows which it got down to a low of 31 cents back in June. It is now 64 cents. So you've doubled your money if you took the brave step and bought it at those lows, but certainly like that one still.
4: And I think as tensions ramp up a bit with China in particular, uh, the US is going to try and put its foot on its own production. We're still very dependent on China for a lot of things, or they are. They are going to try and do things domestically. And that is probably one of their top priorities at the moment. And Ironia and what was the other one? on Syrah Resources,
1: was it? Sayona. Or, uh, Syrah's Graphite, Madagascar. Yeah. The, the other thing to bear in mind is that China, of course, does all the processing of the lithium. And similarly with rare earths, they do have a bit of monopoly on that. So the key to the lithium story is building homegrown processing. Europe, US, and Australia have to do that to value add to the chain rather than just dig stuff up and sell it to China, which then gets processed into batteries and then sold back to us in our cars.
0: Very good. Interesting stuff stuff. Thank you, Henry.
4: Marcus, what have you got for us to finish the week? Not too much in strategy, a bit of geopolitical risk around, obviously, although Pelosi's come back from Taiwan, everything seems to have calmed down a bit. But I did see that headline about China, furious China, let's say missile go near Taiwan, energy as well. Interestingly, the oil prices back below or to where it was when the Ukraine war started out. And it does seem that inflation fears are dissipating and being replaced at the moment by recession fears, but energy has been a large element of our inflation fears. Bond yields have materially come off the top and it does seem that our focus is now going to recession. And whilst the Fed were less aggressive and the RBA was less aggressive and we can see through, you just have to, from a global point of view, which is relevant to resources, just just listen to that Bank of England commentary. They raised rates last night by the most in 27 years, which is only 50 basis points and to the highest since 2008. But they say they expect inflation to hit 13.3% in October and the UK economy to go into recession in the fourth quarter and not emerge until 2024. This is not the sort of thing that a resources bounce is built out of, it's gotta be said. And I wonder where that leaves us. Are we responding now to a reduced fear of inflation and interest rates, or are we now gonna get overtaken by concerns about recession? And that's the, the debate at the moment. Not calling that, but today I have spent the time to write an article, Saying uh, what to look for when you're trying to time the resources bounce. So I've put a few charts in the strategy piece today. It's everything from the US dollar, which is a safe haven currency, to the Aussie dollar, which is commodity-based currency, to metal prices, the iron ore price, bond yields, and the message is yes, we've had a bit of a bounce in resources, but it is far from convincing that this is the big bottom. We've taken a bet in the strategy portfolio, which is updated in the strategy piece today on OZR, which I'm thinking maybe I've made a mistake there because it's got a lot of energy exposure. But we've taken a bet on OZR. We've also, in the ideas portfolio, taken a bet on mineral resources and oz minerals, which gives you a better bang for your buck when trying to time resources. But I am thinking maybe we should just should have bought BHP. And my concluding idea today is just have a look at Rio. If you did want to bet on the resources being somewhere near the bottom, Rio's had its results. It's de-risk. It's got its dividend coming up next Thursday, this might be the time to uh, have a look at something like uh, Rio. Otherwise, if I was going to write an idea of the day today, I might have a look at Qantas after that UBS research and a target price 44% above the current share price. But then I do begin to have my spidey senses tell me, just watch out that UBS doesn't whop us with a massive capital raising for Qantas. I'm not sure it's gearing, but on the stock box, it's 1,800%. I'm pretty sure they would take cash if they could get the opportunity. So I oh, maybe wouldn't rush Qantas just yet. Having said that, we were all on the airplane up to Sydney the other day. It was shockers. And we were sitting next to a Qantas pilot who was telling us it's just as busy as they can't get enough staff. He was being flown to Sydney to fly to Brisbane, then back to Adelaide, back to Melbourne. He said it was busy as, and it clearly was busy as. Anyway, I'm sure Qantas won't be this price in five years time. But whether you buy it now or not, with all the other stuff going, on in the market is pretty. It's a pretty low grade trade.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Just looking at the OZR breakdown as well. Still less than twenty percent in oil, so not okay. uh, not too bad. It's got thirty seven percent in BHP. It looks like it's basically just the materials and energy sector combined into an ETF at the m- market weighting. So
4: yeah, it sort of left me thinking maybe I should have bought a mining ETF rather than a resources sector ETF. But uh, but and also, oil price taking a lot of damage already. Mm. The moment we stop worrying about recession, it's going to come ripping back. Anyway. Maybe yeah. But the BHP point kind of holds true because it's
0: 40% BHP. So BHP tanks, that ETF's going to tank as well. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Uh, BHP, month, of
4: course, has results coming up. Yes, which is a bit of a risk. on you. the 16th.
0: Very good. All right. To round out our week, question of the day today is: What is your favourite older film? With the specification of older or classification of older being last century, last century. Layton, as the youngest member, you can kick us off. When were you born, Layton? Ninety-eight. Oh, ninety-eight. Okay. Yeah. So You, you just so made These, it into are, last these are all before my So your birthday. But...
3: <laughs> uh, and
4: just a question: What when you were a little kid? What were you watching? Oh.
3: I don't know. Teletubbies remember, was it? Teletubbies. The I don't Wiggles. I know that was around that time. Bananas <laughs> in pajamas. I, was, I, don't I don't think I watched. My, I did watch. My sister pajamas. was
0: the same age. That was the at the end of the Wiggles and the start of High Five. Yeah.
3: I was never High Five. Bananas in pajamas. So that was, that but was the Teletubbies
4: show. always got to me because it was like
3: the movies
4: with those <laughs> speakers that would come <laughs> up and and brainwash them all and then go away. Teletubbies is <laughs> terrifying. It's so terrifying. scary now <laughs> and. <laughs> It's scary. Anyway, your favourite film from last century? Pulp Fiction. Yeah, good film. Very right. good film. Yes, that was very fun. enjoyable. So you just Googled, you
0: Googled best films yeah. before 2000 <laughs> and just took number one, did you? Right, very nice, good. Tom. I really like
2: The Untouchables with Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Robert De Niro and Andy Garcia. And it's about getting Al Capone. I'm not sure what I like about it so much, but it just, it's a really captivating movie. And
4: what was the other one with Joe Pesci that was a
1: fabulous, uh, Matthew film? Uh, Goodfellas. 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 Home Alone. Home <laughs> <I'm> Alone. <laughs> it was great. I'm alone. Henry? I'm going back to before I was born, I'm afraid, 1959, Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon and Marilyn Monroe. Some Like It Hot, a classic directed by Billy Wilder. It is a, an absolute gem of a film. Interesting as well that we have Marilyn of uh, the new film coming out uh, very shortly called Blonde, which has got the girl from James Bond who played Paloma in uh, the Cuban scene. So that's getting a lot of attention. But Some Like like It Hot is an absolute, a ripper of a movie. Marilyn's great. Tony Curtis is fantastic. Jack Lemmon is great. And the final scene sums it up. Very nice. Henry,
4: Marcus? Speaking of final scenes, it reminds me of Casablanca, which was fabulous. But when you're, when you're sitting on a Saturday afternoon and you can't decide these days what to watch because there's so many things to watch, if you just put a film on that, you'd, you'd go, yeah, that was good. Seen it before? Mine would be Zulu. Nice and long, Michael Caine, classic English pompous ass, but effective. And when the, the Welsh male voice choir kicks in, I will be on my feet singing bread of heaven yet again. <laughs>
1: Now, Marcus, do you know a little bit of trivia about that film? Apart from the fact that it's based on a true story, the number of VCs given to uh, the British Army any one day. But Michael Caine, it was his first film. He auditioned for the role of the um, the army uh, engineer played by Stanley Baker. That was his role. And actually, he also auditioned for Booth, the Cockney guy, the baddie. Um, and as he was walking out, he didn't get the gig for that. And I said, can you do a posh accent? And he said, oh, I think so. So he did the posh accent and became the off- Officer on the horse at the beginning of the film. It is a great film, one of the greatest films of all time. And and the uh, memorable line, you're all going to die. I, I yeah. sometimes feel like that in the stock market. <laughs> and, where, and the other memorable line is, where did all those bloody Zulus come from? <laughs>
4: Dashed Inconvenient. Dashed Inconvenient.
0: Very nice. Well, you're mostly with classics and whatnot. I'm going very unsophisticated to just a movie I enjoyed back then, which was The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Sports. That just caps off, caps off the uh, culture, brings it back. To yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's not pretend we're more sophisticated than we are. Let's put mm-hmm. on the kids' hockey movie. All right. Thanks, guys. So, yeah. See, See you next you. week.